Welcome to CII Podcasts. I am Cynthia Gokhale here hosting the show along with uh, Jonathan D'Souza. Uh, Jonathan is the CHRO of Wellspin One and uh, I am the marketing lead for Manpower Group. So I would hand over the uh, uh, the baton to John to give the introduction of a man who needs no introduction but to do the honors. Over so, to you John. Uh, when I got the opportunity to introduce Ankur Bariko, I tried a lot to create a very impactful introduction for him. And then realized that you know there's so much of footprint on social media and you know I've been following him I think at least 6-8 years. So I have seen Ankur move careers, do so much of shifts, go through the experiences. You know, he's inspired me in some way or the other right and you cannot pinpoint what all has he inspired but then i realize you know why am i even trying so hard and the best way to introduce ankur variku is to actually experience ankur variku uh, because at the end of the day it's all about his thoughts and his insights which resonate even after you uh, you know finished a meeting with him right and uh, you know let's experience him today uh, the real realistic which you have and i can personally guarantee that at the end most of us will have a unique and personalized memory of an introduction which you would have created so ankur once again thank you so much thank you so much thanks a lot thank you for the very very warm introduction jonathan and thank you so much cynthia for your help as always it's a pleasure to be amongst all of you a little bit of context around me for those who may not know me and it's totally okay if you don't know me you haven't missed out on anything in life I uh, would like to call myself an entrepreneur that's who I have been not necessarily from a role perspective but certainly from a mindset perspective I have uh, been running startups since 2009 and I have uh, had the joy and privilege of running multiple startups taking them to scale exiting some of them and also playing the role of the CEO and eventually someone who's looking at it from a distance in my latest role i was the founder and ceo of nearby.com which started in 2015 i ran that till 2019 which was when we became profitable and at that point of time i decided to step down as the ceo of my own startup hand over the operational complexity to my founders and uh, decided to take a 3 month break this was towards the end of 2019 and uh, as luck would have it the world completely went into a spiral of sorts we were facing what we have never faced before as a generation at least and everyone was locked up everyone was just thinking of what next to do and how to do it and my 3 month plan of figuring out my life suddenly has become a, a 23 month plan uh, and i am on that 23rd month which is why i say so how figuring out what i want to do in life but i think i've gotten closer and what i do today is spend my time creating content which is what you may have encountered on social media across multiple platforms i'm also building my next startup which is around education i believe firmly in education i love being a teacher myself i see myself as a teacher and what i'm building is an online education company that helps students just become ready for life as against just get a degree from college and then i also play a role mentoring and coaching first time founders and investing in their startups if that is something i can do and uh, in this journey of the last 12 13 odd years of being an entrepreneur what i realized and this is the biggest lesson that i have that entrepreneurship is not a profession 
just because you start a company or you don't start a company doesn't make you an entrepreneur or not make you an entrepreneur entrepreneurship is actually a state of mind it's how you think how you operate how you conduct yourself on a daily basis that defines whether you're an entrepreneur or not and the reason why i argue like that is because i have seen wonderfully capable individuals who are technically employees but are far better than most entrepreneurs i've ever worked with and to name a few that all of you would know of if you were to think of say satya nadella from microsoft if you were to think of sundar pichai from google if you were to think of sheryl sandberg from facebook while she was at facebook and you would ask this question are they employees or are they entrepreneurs and technically on paper they're employees they didn't start the company they were leading they don't own a majority or nearly as much of the company as the founders or the rest of the world does and uh, they came in like an employee and they still on a salary perhaps a bonus which may be generous but it's still attached to their performance as such but i'd argue and i hope you will as well that they are far better entrepreneurs than most entrepreneurs you would encounter so what sets them apart it's the power of their thought how they think about something and actually bring it to life is what determines whether they are entrepreneurial or not and by that same measure on a daily basis i do meet a lot of entrepreneurs who are technically on paper entrepreneurs but i know for a fact are not yet there and they still think like a quote unquote employee and that doesn't mean any disrespect what it means is that there is a certain dna that you will have to build in that will set your path towards an entrepreneurial mindset and that then makes it easy for you to think of your idea and then translate that into reality and here are three things that i would love for you to consider which are more strategic in nature when you think about everything and then i'll get into the tactical implementation of that the strategic thought number 1 is who do you spend time with very often as individuals we tend to spend time with people who are like us because that's where we find comfort so if you're an engineer you find yourself spending time with engineers if you're working in the sales department or the marketing department or the hr function you will find yourself hanging around that crowd whether it's sales whether it's marketing whether it's hr if you have come from a certain city and you go to a completely new city you will want to find people who are from your home city that's how we feel we belong that's the basic human tendency to form a collective to be part of a community of a group where our ideas are not threatened our point of view is not challenged everything that we say is in some way endorsed agreed upon and people are like yeah i feel the same way yeah i was thinking the same thing but that doesn't teach you something new if you spend time with people who are like you you're not learning anything new so for you to actually have a machinery that comes up with ideas consistently and the quality of those ideas are improving consistently as well you need to spend time with people who are nothing like you because that's when you will form those connections that don't exist today who you are and how you have lived life will marry somebody else's perspective and you don't need to agree with them to be inspired from them you just need to know what they think and how their thought is different from yours and that's the first stepping stone and most people falter there when people come up with ideas 
it is crazy how many of those ideas are just a fine tune of how they have been living their life and there's nothing wrong with that but what you're unfortunately doing is that you're allowing your experience your understanding of the world your own biases to limit your potential and that's unfair on what the world has to offer because the world is abundant in its offering there are far more opportunities than the world has ever seen before and it will be unfortunate if you still continue to stick to just what you know and not explore beyond and to prove that point here is a tactical thing that i often see people make the mistake of when they are working from their idea to reality and that is do you know who the consumer of your idea is going to be we often don't but we very often think we are that one we are actually the consumer and to prove that point let me ask you all this question i wish this was in a real life scenario but and i'd argue that most of you would be raising your hand saying i'm middle class well great my next question is why do you think you're middle class and you will get those usual answers or oh, values we don't have enough money we grew up with our own sets of challenges we always look at the price tag before buying something we're always in some way not flippant with our money even though we may have money we always know that we are grounded we are not wasteful we are not boastful all of those nice happy things that somehow define the culture and the fabric of middle class india awesome but let me make it a little harder for you what is the true economic definition of being middle class in india what's the actual middle class definition from an economics perspective if i were to ask you how much does a middle class indian earn as salary per month what do you think that answer is and whenever i ask this question i have often asked this question the range would be anywhere between 30 to 40000 rupees to 1 lakh 2 lakh rupees a month great the real answer is middle class in india earns between 8 to 12000 rupees a month middle class in india earns between 8 to 12000 rupees a month which means middle class is the person who is actually driving for you your uber driver your metro station driver train driver your rickshaw driver the help that you perhaps have at your home those are middle class indians you're all rich you just didn't know it and you didn't want to believe it just because you saw someone else's son's lavish wedding and you're like oh my god i feel so poor but you're not you're actually very rich but here's the problem if i asked you hey why don't we build something for middle class indians that will really help them who will you build it for yourself and that's the fallacy you think that you are the consumer because you are just consumed by your own thoughts by your own world view by your own definition of what the world comprises of and that is the wrong step and stuff an entrepreneur someone who really cares about their idea someone who wants their idea to go to reality will first always ask this pure question in its pure objectivity who am i building it for and who is that person and i'm not going to assume that person is me or my fraternity or people that i think i know 
I'm going to discover that answer. It could very well still be me, but I will not start with that assumption. I will conclude that through discovery. And I would argue that most of you will conclude that you are not building for yourself or your fraternity. You're building for somebody that you perhaps don't even know, but you ought to know. And that's the first step that you need to undertake to take your idea to an outcome. Number two, recognize how different use cases manifest different reactions in people, depending on how they operate in real life. I said something very complex, but let me simplify that. And a way to simplify that is to look at the context of the user through the dimension of time and money and trust. Time, money and trust. What do I mean by that? We'll start with a very simple question. Does the individual that you're building for care about time or not? Or have a lot of time on their hands or not? Care about money or not? Do they have a lot of money on their hands or not? And care about trust or not? Do they start with trust or do they start with mistrust? And it's fascinating when you begin to think of this construct because it simplifies so many things in your approach. For example, if I were to ask you, do most Indians, general, average, and I'm being very, very generalistic right now, but do most Indians have a lot of time on their hands or not have a lot of time on their hands? And you would all argue, we tend to have a lot more time on our hands. Great. Do we tend to have a lot of money or not have a lot of money? Well, we tend to not have a lot of money. Okay. Do we tend to operate with trust or mistrust? We tend to operate with mistrust. Like somehow we're always told, dal mein kuch kala hai. So we're always thinking, oh my God, there's something out there that the other person wants from me and that's why they are being nice to me. So we'll always have that layer of cynicism. And that means by and large, by and large, we are a culture that is time rich, money poor and trust poor. We're a culture that is time rich, money poor and trust poor. And that suddenly explains so many things that we do as a consumer. We will actually spend our time to save money because that's an asset we have in abundance and we're trying to get something that we don't. So we will search endlessly online to find the cheapest price for something. We will actually go from one shop to another shop to another shop to another shop to another shop to find the best price that we can. We are not going to pay for Uber search pricing. We're not going to pay for something that is next day delivery. We are actually okay with getting something late if it's cheaper. But if you were to think of the exact opposite of this, say the American culture, where there isn't much time on their hands, there is a lot of money and they start with trust mostly, you would suddenly feel, oh, that explains a lot of things. They are more than happy to pay money to save their time. They're more than happy to pay for Amazon same day shipping. They're more than happy to pay for really high speed internet. They're more than happy to pay for Uber search pricing if they get the car right when they want. They're happy to pay for really predictable high quality service because they don't want to figure out, oh, just because I paid lesser, I did not get something that I should have expected. This allows you to predict 
the behavior of your ideas consumer your ideas consumer will be driven by their relationship with time with money and trust and it will vary according to the circumstance that you're building for if you're trying to build something which saves cost for the talent it's possible that they will have a lot more time to spare for that but they would not want to necessarily pay for it because the intention is to save cost but if you have an idea that increases their income they would perhaps look at that very differently they may be willing to pay for that as well because they know that they will get something in return they might also be willing to invest their time because they know that they'll get something in return and that is how the mechanics of time money and trust fails so the second thing you need to think about when you're thinking of your idea to a outcome is to think about how your consumer is navigating through time through money and through trust and then the third thing is to stress test this idea before actually releasing the idea here's the biggest mistake that most people make they get excited they get excited by their idea we fall in love with our idea and we're blinded by the strength of our idea so what we tend to do is oh my god i have this wonderful idea that will make me a gazillion dollars and i just want to go and build it out awesome you will go and build it out you'll spend your time your money your effort your everything only to realize it may not work it's not working there's something that is not the way you expected it to be now what do you do what most people tend to do then is instead of selling what people want they start selling what they have made instead of selling what people want they start selling what people have made and then it becomes a force fit because if people don't like what you've made you will try pushing it as hard as you can struggle with it and feel dejected and frustrated and it'll get harder and harder and harder no one woke up raised their hands and said i want something that you've made but now that you've made it and you spent so much of time so much of money so much of effort on it you have to do something about it that's the wrong way to do it right the right way would be test it out test it out in ways that you know is not your friend and family because here's another mistake that most people make they ask for feedback from friends and family what are my parents going to tell about my idea even if they think that's the worst idea on earth they'll be like yeah it's okay they're never going to say it's the worst idea on earth what are my friends going to say no you have to go out to strangers who don't care about you they don't care anything about what you've done they don't care your degree they don't care about your scores they don't care about your experience they don't care about your money they don't care about how hard it is for you all that they care about is what are you building for me and do i need it and if the answer is yes you're home if the answer is no you go back and work again so here's something that i often do for my ideas and it's a very tactical approach but it's really worked for me because it's beautiful in its nature it's objective it's rapid and it's also a cheap way of testing what i do is what i call the two week test 
and it's a two week fake test it's fake because you're not really launching your idea but you launching the idea of the idea here's how it works let's say your idea is you want to create a learning and development platform for employees a platform that will allow them to learn from the best instructors that there are to offer in the world do it at their own pace perhaps join live classes online maybe also have real life communities and it's nothing to do with the technical skills but it's all about soft skills it's about communication it's about negotiation it's about leadership it's about change management anything that you believe impacts the workforce or business in general and that's the idea you want to work on and you have a spin on it and maybe the spin is that you will do it with people who are actually practitioners and not academics or maybe you'll do it only with academics because they have a very pure sense of how things work but are somewhat detached from the nuances and the vagaries of the real world so it's very streamlined and very first principles in their approach whatever is that spin don't care but let's say you have a spin so you're not doing what everyone else has done before you're doing something which is very unique from how it's been done already but you still have to test it out so here's what you do you go and create a fake website for this idea almost as if it's a business so call it variko institute of learning whatever it is variko institute of learning.com so you go and book a domain name make it as long as possible doesn't need to be the actual business name you go and build a web page around that that web page will actually have all the content that you would have if this were a real idea if this was actually something you would be doing in real life you will design it that way you will give it an identity you will give it a logo you'll give it an emotional feel you will add pictures you will add videos you'll add text whatever is it that you can do in your capacity in that moment and then you will run ads on it you'll actually go on google and on facebook and as an advertiser begin to advertise for this business it doesn't need to be a really big amount it could be as low as 100 rupees a day and you only do it for 2 weeks that means about 1500 to 2000 rupees being spent and what you're trying to do is to figure out three things number one do people even search for something like this on google or if they are on facebook and instagram where you're not searching do people even click on an ad that is about this because then that tells you the innate interest that lies in the market number 2 at what cost do they end up clicking so if they do care about it and let's say they see that ad on google or they see that ad on instagram or on facebook what's the cost that you are paying to google/facebook to generate that click because that tells you the approximate cost of generating a business interest and then people land on your website now when they go through that and if they like the spin that you've spoken about they like the positioning they like the idea of this idea then you would ask for a commitment and that commitment would not be monetary because you have nothing to sell the commitment will be tertiary an email address their phone number 
an interest to join a certain group something that shows a higher order of interest in your idea as against just clicking on an ad saying oh tell me more because at this point of time they have gone deeper into the funnel they have actually consumed the idea the thought behind it and they're so intrigued that they're willing to give you their email address to sign them up for a newsletter or share your service offerings or they're willing to give you the phone number to get a download link for your app none of which is by the way going to come to them so they are technically guinea pigs to this entire experiment and you will have to have collateral damage of them to get that answer but it's the smallest price to pay because you're not hurting anybody certainly not financially and you're getting your answers and the third thing you will look for then is how many people when they land on your business web page actually give you something that is a deeper commitment because then that tells you that that spin that idea of yours has a certain weight now imagine of all the ideas that are brimming inside your head multiple of them and you're this idea machine that is spending time with people who are nothing like you and you're constantly getting inundated with these ideas and you don't know how to make sense of them if you were to make them pass through the time money and trust matrix and determine whether that's something you would want to do for that particular audience and then go through this two week fake test you will know which of those ideas can lead to a certain outcome and then your job becomes how do i arrive at that outcome and communicate that with the world which includes my consumers which includes my employees which includes my investors which includes the entire ecosystem and fraternity that i will need to work with to see this idea come to reality this is my three step approach it's something that's worked wonderfully for me it's something that i would argue is very simple and yet very powerful because what it allows you to do is to generate this never ending engine of ideas coming through you because you're actually spending time with people who are so dramatically different from you that you're only getting to learn something new about the world on a daily basis you make it go through a very clean test to see where in the spectrum of time money and trust does your idea lie and is that something that your potential users of this idea have or have not to give and then you make it go through a deeper fake test that tells you somewhat of the numbers what is the kind of interest that this idea has innately what's the kind of cost at which a business interest can be generated and what's the kind of cost at which a deeper interest level and engagement can be facilitated and once you have this you have a great way to filter process and finally select the idea that you would want to work towards an outcome and then when you have to work towards that outcome the normal machinery kicks in which is build that team to make that happen have the systems and processes built to make that happen but i guarantee you that all of that will be far more powerful far more robust because you would have gone through this earlier prep phase and this prep phase is the one that's often missing because we're just so excited by an idea that we want to go straight into it and not have to go through the grind of actually objectively looking at the idea great thank you so much ankur for spending that time with us just to sum up um the three things that he has told us about is first thing is the meet meet the people whom 
who are different from who you are um the second one is um, navigate your ideas to people who are not known to you um navigate um the ideas through the consumer's time cost and trust money and stress test your idea um two weeks of fake stress test am i right have i captured it correctly absolutely thank you great thank you for listening to cii podcasts